Hey, what's up, La Familia? You crazy football-loving nutters. This is Ray Hudson, and you are luxuriating in listening to the Inter Miami podcast with a stupefyingly magnificent Jay and Alex. Two lads who are as electrifying as a hairdryer thrown into a hot tub. Stay tuned, because you know what it's going to be. It's going to be magisterial with an amplifier. I'll take it. I'll take it. At least it brought a smile to my face. You know, it's been uh, been a tough few weeks out on these streets. Well, yeah. And you know what? Probably all of the listeners have turned off right now. So it doesn't matter what we say after this because it has been that bad. If you are tuning in right now, you are one of the real ones because hell, this has been tough. (laughs) This has been shades of years past where we... You know what? No, it's not even shades of years past because we actually thought we were good. Then now we get get slapped in the face. So I don't know. I don't know. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> I feel uh, feel like I betrayed myself by uh, by falling. You know, buying in. You're right. You're right. You're right, man. Oh well. All right. Let's uh, let's try and get to it though. All right. Welcome everyone to the Inner Miami Podcast. I am Jay Kington, alongside as always. Than Harrington, how are you doing today with a very well manicured beard? I will say so myself. I'm a bundle of sadness. What do you think? No, I'm actually good, dude. It's actually warm up here for once. I'm trying to find the positive in life. It's 80 degrees. We're good up here. My man's uh, in a tank top. I'm in a tank top. I'm in shorts. I actually cut my grass. Look at that. I'm I'm in being a dad and I gotta make sure I don't have like a white pair of New Balances that just popped up around here somewhere. Like, feel like I'm just turning into that full blown dad right now. But no, man, I'm good. Just trying to find the positives. This is, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How about how about yourself? How are you doing? You know, I'm just just trying to be a goldfish. Is it time for my my line that I say almost every episode? Not yet. We'll save it for the save it for a little bit. Start watching okay. Ted Lasso again though. Uh, Chloe wanted to uh, to get into it, so I only watched like almost all the second season. So we're watching again, and just like football is death. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, man, it's uh, yeah. it's about the suffering. And here we are. Well, oh, if anyone's been living under a rock um, for the past, oh goodness, for the past four weeks, you know, after we broke out hot, undefeated, two zero, number one in the East, man, man. It Oh, and everyone said I was being a pessimistic about the preseason. I love it. I love it. Here we are coming off a um, frustrating loss is probably the best word that comes to mind to FC Cincinnati. I will say shout out FC Cincinnati. First time uh, sitting at the top of the East in the history of their expansion club. Um, I am genuinely happy 
for Cincinnati. Um, think probably mentioned that last season uh, because we feel the pain. We feel the pain, man. It's uh, it's been a struggle, failure to launch kind of situation over uh, our existence, and uh, we're gonna go again. We're going again this Saturday. At least it's a home game. Um, trying to stay optimistic, man. I'm I'm happy. I'll be back there. I w- I've been away traveling for too long, so I'm happy to be back at the stadium and just with with the people I love so much that make it all worth it. You know. Yeah, no, I mean, it's going to be good to get back in the home confines. I mean, let's see. I don't know. I'm coming into this with some sort of optimism. I, I shouldn't. I know I shouldn't. <laughs> it's it's one of those deals. I, I think as the week goes on, uh, if, if Leo shows back up, I might be a little more confident. I'm like, all right, cool. Here we go. Um, it's got to be soon, right? It has to be. Like it, it has to be. If not now, yeah. when? Um, Next week. I don't know. They're going to put him over in the uh, the closet where they kept Coco last year, and just bring him out for photo shoots for clothing and whatnot, and then say, "Oh, by the way, he's still hurt." Sorry. Yeah, we got to um, bring it back at home, man, because we literally have the second worst home record in the league. Shout out to Montreal for just holding down that worst spot for us to give us some sort of sort of joy here, man. This is going to be a fun episode if the listeners can't. I uh, can't tell already, but yes, let's uh, let's get in this. Rip the Band-Aid off. Let's just do it, buddy. Well, what looked like, uh, honestly, you know, it wasn't a pretty game, but uh, that first half, you know, we were battling. Both teams trying to uh, trying to feel it out, uh, get some rhythm going. Um, ended up holding it together for what seemed to be the first half, and I think everyone was just relieved, like, okay, let's regroup, let Phil, you know, go in there, say some words, make some changes, come out in the second half, and uh, – and no, I know we usually walk through game events, but man, this uh, 40, 45th minute plus five, because there was like, what, nine minutes of added time in the first half, just switched off, you know? I think it was Martinez that like took two steps closer to the corner and kind of freed up uh, yeah. Mosquera's space to, to head that ball in. And um, at that closer range, absolutely nothing Drake could do. So, you know, we've been here before. We we're just trying to get to the – get to the locker room, uh, you know, for the halftime and just be, be level and got away from us. Um, long story short, we lost one zero, uh, man, it was a frustrating game to watch, uh, specifically this one more than, uh, than other games that I can recall of. I mean, honestly, statistically speaking, it doesn't look that bad on paper, but man, oh man, is this team really struggling to find some sort of level of confidence and comfort with each other? And the thing that really stuck out to me, man, and you know, we can play this possession ball all we want, right? Possession's great. Passing great. Um, But it doesn't matter if you can't score. And we are a team full of players with, with two left feet. It was pretty early in the match when that cross came in. I think it was, if I'm not mistaken, Negri. And then, Yosef just completely fumbles it. With his like, what? What? How did you go from breaking or setting the the record before? I think it was Vela that broke it, but like to completely whiffing that close in front of goal, man. It was oh, it was a bit painful. Um, that but this this possession we're playing, it's it, it's not effective. We're not we're not moving the ball forward. We're only moving it backwards. It's not progressive passing. It's the exact opposite. It's it's honestly negative passing. And it's, it's 
very unbearable, I'd say, to watch the amount of times where we just turn around, pass the ball, not not just pass the ball back to pass forward, pass it backwards to pass it backwards to pass it backwards, all the way until it goes back to Drake Calendar and, you know, boot it up or start the passing up, get up to midfield, don't want to make any passes into the attack and do the same thing backwards and backwards and backwards. And man, I mean, 62% possession to 38. Like that looks great on paper. Passing wise, 624 to 381. I'm leaning with inner Miami stats here. So 62% possession. What is that? Almost double total passes and zero effectiveness. Lack of individuals wanting to have a go. Uh, have a go, not a goal, have a go, take a chance, and everyone's always looking for that extra pass. It's actually also a lack of individuals that want to have a goal, too. (laughs) I'll I'll give you that one. Fair, fair. Yeah. Um, And it's just, man, it's getting frustrating. Favor the right-hand side on the attack. Four to six percent down there, pretty pretty evenly, 27 across the middle, uh, as well as the left side. Shot direction. We have one shot from the right side, man. 80, 80 from the middle, 20 from the left shot. No chances inside the six-yard box. 40 from the 18-yard box and 60% from outside the box. And, man, oh, man, is it getting painful in here. We just need some sort of joy in our life, some sort of action to change the momentum. Because if we keep playing like this, man, I know I said it preseason that it was probably looking to be a long season after that St. Louis game. And to be fair, I had no idea. I don't think anyone expected St. Louis City to go ahead and, and go five unbeaten off the rip. But um, one thing that really stuck out to me about that game is, you know, it's a closed-door media game, so very quiet atmosphere. And you can hear basically everything that's going on, what everything the players are saying. I mean, you can hear the grunts. Like, if you ever, like, watched, like, in the NFL when they're mic'd up and these wide receivers when they cut, you know, they're making these grunts and these noises because they're just pushing it full and I heard a lot of grinding from Inter Miami, some some minor communication, but man, St. Louis was so vocal, yelling. Everyone was communicating on the pitch, and you know, I said that was probably going to be some sort of issue and in a weakness we need to improve. And I don't know how right I am on that, but man, it is. We are struggling left and right against Cincinnati is fine, but like even against Chicago, who was bottom of the East last game, man. And um, I don't know what to do. I'm I'm. Obviously, got to stay positive, keep watching. But, dude, it's uh, I'd say more people are starting to turn a bit on Phil. The people that were pretty outspoken about all the the, the haters, because Phil has got a lot of smoke since he's been here. But more and more people are kind of turning that tide on that uh, hashtag Neville. I'm not going to say the other word. And, um it's getting harder to defend. I'll say that. Yep. Yeah. Um, I've been a staunch defender of Phil. I, I know I have. Um, I, I won't ever back away from that. Um, this is this is hard. This is hard to watch. Uh, Bryce uh, had a pass. He could hit Stefanelli up later in, or towards the end of the game, I would say. And instead of hitting Stefanelli to progress the ball up the field, he turns back and passes it back to, I think it was Sergey or uh, McVeigh that was sitting in the back. And I'm screaming, what are you doing? Stefanelli is like throwing his hands. Like, hey, give me the ball. I'm right here. There's probably five, ten yards of space he could he could romp around through. You have to know that that call is coming from the sideline. Like, you had, 
maybe it's not. I'm, I'm just believing it is because you can't think that someone with dangerous passing ability like Bryce Duke is going to let that ball go back on his own accord, in my opinion, especially with the game on the line. I feel like it he did that like a that lot. The, I feel like Bryce yeah. turned around and passed that ball back quite a bit. Yeah, and again, I don't know. I could be wrong, but it, we we got to find we got to find something different. I don't know. Uh, two points of contention for me in that match. Um, I personally believe Angulo should have been sent off with a second yellow when he chopped down Pizarro outside the box. He was yellow carded in the 27th minute. He chops Pizarro down. It's enough to be a free kick and a foul, but it's not enough to be a yellow card and a red. I don't understand. And I'm not looking to blame it all on the officiating because it's not fair. We suck. But that needs some explanation. He comes in, he completely cleans out Pizarro, and there's no second yellow card on that. Okay, so be it. And then Luciano Acosta, he got a yellow card in the 51st minute. And then he, I think it was 10 minutes later, maybe 15 minutes later, he does the exact same thing where he kicks the ball away, time-wasting. And he doesn't get anything for that. That one I can be a little bit more like, okay, whatever. But the officiating has got to be more consistent across the board, in right. my opinion, on right. that one. Because now it's that's um, like an automatic yellow card. Yeah, and so he got an automatic yellow. But then he doesn't get an automatic yellow on the second one. So it is what it is. I can sit here and blame it on the officiating all day. Yeah, I mean, you, you you touched on it, though, in terms of how we played. Joseph, you know you know better. Why are you stepping forward on that corner? You know you got somebody that's going to be towering above you. Even if you just get a body in there and try to make it uncomfortable for him to dunk that ball in, I would, I would applaud that. I could respect the fact that you got in there and you just got dunked on, is what it is. But you took two steps forward kind of like oh no, i'm good and i think that also comes back to what you said about conversation they're not talking that much on the field unless they're too busy screaming at one another currently because nothing's going right it's got it's got to get better like any team whether you're working in uh, you know corporate structure whether you're working in uh you know an mls nfl nba all like on the field playing a damn game you got to be able to talk yeah. You have to be able to talk. And it's, I think I heard more talking at Riley's game this weekend than I did at the Inter-Miami game this past weekend. Like, I, I, It's embarrassing. I, I know probably going to get in trouble for being too negative, but it's it's downright embarrassing. It is. No, I agree with you. What's the point of all this possession? What's the point of all this passing if you're not passing with a purpose? It's like, who was that? Spain, death by a thousand passes, and then they lose, right? Like, I don't like that type of ball. I like possession ball if it's attacking minded. Um, you know, it's always it's not always going to be attacking minded because you want to re- retain possession. But like, I just feel like we're not moving the ball up, and no one's got really that killer instinct to get into the right spaces and then go have a, a chance on goal. I feel like there's so many. Um, chance opportunities that that just don't get taken and then just a finishing is is just so subpar that i don't know what happened from you know the 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 first uh couple weeks but it's like you know you're down bad when you're getting that excited for a penalty you know everyone gets excited when they're awarded a penalty but like once you're really happy, you know, this is probably one of the best chances you're going to have the entire game. Like that just shows you kind of the, the, the level um, that you're at. And I don't think this really has much to do about Gregory. I know a lot of people are like, Oh, you know, this is 
the reason that they're dropping in rankings or whatever, or the reason they're going to struggle is they don't have Gregory. Like we still like played a decent game defensively. We were able to to you know get the ball away and and be a nuisance to them. But it's just if we're only playing this possession ball, it's just not going to work. And at what point are we really going to see a pretty sturdy formation change? When are we going to run to up top? Right, like let's get more people up into the attack because there is a disconnect here. There's a lot of passing happening between the back line and the midfield, but man, oh man, there is not too much happening between the, the, the midfield and the attack. Not nothing that, that I'd say nothing of meaning rather. And I don't, I just wasn't able, and this sucks and this hurts to say, but I usually try and find positives to take away and there just wasn't really anything positive to take away from this game. And there really hasn't been anything. I mean, I'll just, you know, you know, coming back with two goals against Chicago only to lose, uh, you know, at the very end, there just, there hasn't been really anything impressive going on. And at what point is this club going to, like, are we expecting some moves in the, in the transfer window to, to try and plug some of these holes? Cause the reports broke today that Saudi Arabia is, what is Al Nassar or whatever is offering Messi like four hundred million a year? Like that boat's sailing. And and we discussed this. I think that was what last episode or something. Mm-hmm. Like if you just wait for Messi and you wait for Busquets and you don't really make any other moves because you just want to make sure that you have a chance to get these players. Well, like yeah, and then this is what happens where it looks like he's not coming, and now we really don't have too many too many options. Um, no, and we're gonna buy somebody in a panic buy. We're not yeah. going to do a smart decision of picking up somebody after evaluating everybody who's out there. They're going to realize they cannot get the two players they thought they could get, and then they're going to do something stupid to appease the public. And yes, I said it. They're going to do something stupid. I hate. I hate. I, I'm getting angry at this point because the the amount of time, money, emotion that we have put into this club, and it seems like it, we're consistently going to be in a state of of flux whether we start looking like we're good and then we're actually shit or we're just shit that we kind of look good and then we go to the playoffs and we look like shit it, it it's it's so damn frustrating and we keep hearing messy busquets messy busquets no stop like we have to plan that we're not going to have them mm-hmm. we have to we cannot sit here and think that we are going to be able to sit here and contend with $438 million a year. Even if all of the MLS pitches in on that, that, that that's absurd. Like, there's no way that's going to happen. All right. So we need to start looking for more reasonable options. Okay. I don't understand exactly what the mindset is or what the thought process is. Cause I mean, if I did, maybe I'd be in the front office. I don't know. I'm not saying I belong in the front office, but just putting that out there, but we need to look for more reasonable options at this point. Okay. Because God forbid, let's say we did get messy, right. And we paid him exuberant salary and, and the whole nine yards. What if it fails? Then we're really up shit Creek. We have paid too much money over the past, what pushing three years now four years we've we've already paid too much money out to failure we cannot continue to do so okay we need to make sure that we are 
setting ourselves up for the future in the correct manner, and this isn't it. I agree with everything you just said. I'm also, and this is kind of my, my last knock against Phil, if you will. These substitutions just, uh, I just don't agree with the the way he's going about them. Like, sure, okay, that's fine. Do the Lasseter for Pizarro, 62 minute, cool. Once we know that it's not really working with Martinez outside of that one header where he got up quite a bit, man, little man's got hops. Cannot deny that. Definitely struggling with his feet. Why are we Why are we waiting to put Borgelin in? Right? Why if we keep wanting to play Campana ball with no Campana and which a with a much shorter, um, you know, individual like Joseph? Why not make a switch for for Borgelin? Get him more experience. He is a, a beast out there. Let's go with the taller body. And then, what's Benjikarmesh going to do? With four minutes left in the game. Like nothing. Why what's the point of signing these players just to give them like a few minutes when Schneider already has a goal? And I think we all want to see more of him. Kameshi's already shown some some serious potential. Let's make some substitutions earlier. No later than the seventieth minute, I would say. If you really need to, to to try and and change the goal or the game on its head. And unfortunately, I mean Thank God we won those those first two weeks, because otherwise it'd be a, a, an absolute world of pain. But uh, it wasn't until, uh, what, week six that we got our first win, right? It was Chicago loss, Austin blowout, LAFC loss, Cincinnati loss, Houston loss. First game we won was, was game six last year against New England. Mm-hmm. And then the... Seventh game was that game against Seattle where we won 1-0. So in seven games, we had, what, seven points basically because we drew against Chicago. We're basically, after getting to the number one spot in the East after week two, we're basically in the same boat that we were in exactly last season with a, a much more tumultuous start, I will say. So, um. Pray, pray. Something's got to give, right? Yeah. And, and I know I was against this thought originally. It propped up in, in our Discord, and I, I said, absolutely not. But let me ask your opinion. If we could get somebody like Isco, who is currently a free agent, I know it's not ideal. He is sitting at 30, okay? But he was just in the Real Madrid side. Uh, and he's currently looking for a new new club. Would you scoff at that? No, I wouldn't. We I need mean, right now. He could be a cam. I mean, he could be a ten, a cam, and a ten. That's what we need, right? I mean, uh, you know, everyone wants to say, oh, you know, it's because you know we're we're missing Gregory. That the whole thing's gonna fall apart. Like, no, like Gregory is good and all that. That's fair, but like he's not the reason for any of this. I'd say it's more a result of not having Pozuelo. I'd say it's more a result of not having your, you know, Andrea Pirlo, the, 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 the maestro, the one to pull the strings, right? We just, like, Stefanelli had some good moments, but I don't think he's our, he's our guy for the, for the 10, at least not yet. Um, I would not be against Isco at all. I mean, good eye. I was not even aware that he was a, a free agent, but... But yeah, um, looks like we're not going to get messy, and if we do, we're going to have to sell probably over a third of the club, right? Maybe have the MLS, even all the other teams help 
pay for yourself. It's going to be ridiculous. So let's move on. I don't want to like harp too much on this, but yeah, 30, not too old, right? Younger than both of us. Okay. That's great. I'd much rather take that than them signing someone my age or, you know, your age. Um, so yeah, uh, interesting point. Very interesting point. Now I'm going to be very upset if I start seeing this trend because people brought it up on social media or something and we go into the same kind of situation, uh, with Matthew. So I don't want to spectate too much, but we're going <laughs> to, Chris Henderson has his, his hands full. Number one, we need to find some sort of other CDM option to because we're just we just we're gonna need another CDM. I don't think Mota will be able to hold it down all himself. Uh, but we definitely need to find a 10. That is so, so urgent. Need to find a 10. Uh, need Negri to stay healthy. Negri is him. Negri is that dude. Negri is probably the best sign that we've made. Um, unfortunately, he just keeps getting knocked like every single game and having to, uh, you know, kind of limp around. And that's mildly concerning to, uh, to say the least, but you know, Hey, can we, can we just, can we move over this? I mean, can we move on? Um, anything else you got to say here, buddy? No, I mean, I, I, I if I keep talking about it, I'm going to get angry. Yep. I'm, I'm just like, I'm, I'm to the point where I'm angry. I'm, I mean, shit. I just dropped damn near close to 400 bucks on, tickets to go see them play up in Philly for my birthday and now I'm kind of looking at that going fuck do I really even want to go <laughs> like that's where I'm at uh, and of course I'm gonna go you know what I mean but it's like I don't know we we got to make the moves and uh I mean shit I wouldn't even I would not even be upset if Hendo just call, go ahead and call up Nagelsman go ahead and give him a call <laughs> give my boy a call and see if he can uh, see if he can come over I think, he, uh, I think Chelsea might need him buddy yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I know, but let's get some. Hey, we're all throwing, we're, we're all throwing out stupid things like Messi to Inter Miami. I can, I can put something out there for my own good uh, fortune there. So yeah, but, I just want to see like every, no one scored more than one goal. Like we still don't even know who like Arthur. Like I hope Leo come back and can get into uh, into a decent form again. Like please, 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 because. Oh, brother, we are going to need it. Uh, but anyway, let's move on. Let's leave this alone, can we? No. We're going to play FC Dallas with our boy, Jesus Ferreira. He's got three goals on the season. Velasco is two. They've got some people. They seem to have a better idea with the direction of that, not to mention uh, Paul Areola. Um, this isn't going to be an easy, easy game, right? I mean, they're what, I think. Nope. Let me quote this. I don't want to mess this up. I want to say six I in the West. Six in the West. Yes. And um, at least it's a home game, but I got to say, man, I, my prediction isn't going to be uh, isn't going to be a winning one this season. Well, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let me, well, let me at least do my fun part of the podcast. So I can put a little smile on my face. Go ahead. If you don't know anything about FC Dallas, don't worry, because I do when I got your back here. FC Dallas, they were founded in June 6th of 1995 as the Dallas Burn. Did you know that, Jay? The I Dallas did not know Burn. that. There you go. Their nicknames are the Hoops, the Toros, and the Burn. They play in Toyota Stadium in Frisco. And, uh, yeah, they don't actually have any major, like, you know, like the citizens or the pigeons or anything like that for the most part. So, you know, pretty well straightforward. They know how to name their fans, unlike City. Uh, let's see what we got here, sir. 
in terms of honors, they have been the MLS Cup runners-up in 2010, Supporter Shield winners in 2016 with runners-up in 06 and 2015, the U.S. Open Cup winners in 97 and 2016 with runners-up in 2005 and 2007, and they were semi-finalists in the CONCACAF Champions League in the 2016-2017 season. Uh, last year... They finished third overall, seventh in the West, or yeah, third overall, seventh overall, third in the West, my fault. And then they finished in the semifinals of the conference. And a little fun fact for you, sir. Do you know who they have as their scoring champion for the 1999 season? Oh, gosh. Uh, He's on our coaching staff. Jason Christ? Yes, that is correct. There we go. Jason Christ. And you know who else they birthed? You know what other beautiful who? human being they birthed? Who? Mr. Breck Shea. I miss Breck. No. At least Boy. I could like just appreciate the beauty of Breck Shea when we've been not doing too well in the past seasons. We need we need Breck back. I don't know if Breck's going to fix it, dude. He fell out of favor <laughs> of that ridiculous red card, so... Yeah, yeah I don't right. know. That is true. Oh man. Oh, uh, don't forget about um don't forget about Weston McKinney. They did birth Weston McKinney and Ricardo Pepe. Yeah. You know what? Breck Shea's higher on my list than that. But yeah, Ricardo <laughs> Pepe. <laughs> All right. So let's let's just rip this band-aid off too. Um are we gonna make our predictions based off of the fact that Campano's back or that he's not back? Dude, I'm just making my prediction based on the way I've seen us play over the last few weeks. Is that fair? Just off the last. Okay, that's fine. I'm going to let you go first then because I want to I wanna think on mine for a hot second. I'm going to go. <sighs> I think I know what I want to do, but I'm not sure if it's going to be enough. <laughs> you have, not no, sure you have if the strength it... to do it? No, no, I've got the strength to do it. It's not sure. I'm going to go with. Um... I'm going to go with a 1-0 loss. Hmm. Okay. For me, looking at who they've played similar to our current standing, I am going to go with a 2-1 loss. They've given up a goal in every single game they've played so far. Uh, and they've scored a goal in... Every game minus one, which was their opener against Minnesota. So, with that being said, I'm going to sit there with a two to one prediction. We are going down, and the pain train keeps on rolling. I'll give you two to one if Campana is back, because our finishing. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I think uh, Negri hits another one home. I think he does. I'm uh, I'm confident because you know he's our only good striker and he's our left back you know that's not that's not fair to say because Borjolin he he did play well we just don't play him yeah so yeah yeah, so um Jay what are you looking at for the upcoming week uh, in terms of matches that are not the inner Miami Dallas match sir oh buddy boy I want to watch that this is man I don't want to get in trouble with like the club or MLS, right? We we're going to stay positive, but man, I'm not, I'm not such a big fan of this Apple TV deal because nope. it's, I don't get to watch as, nearly as many games as I want to. Cause I'm not going to turn off the Inter Miami game. 
And I'm not going to watch Whip Around when Intermommy's playing. I'm going to sit there glued in front of my TV playing, I mean, watching the Intermommy game. So it's funny you bring that up. A uh, news article this week came out saying that Apple TV is currently seriously concerned about the MLS season pass because it only reached 40% of its uh, targeted uh, income brought in. So even even Apple is having concerns about their uh, Apple TV. Or I'm sorry, the MLS season pass. And the thing is, I forget who was saying it, but the casual fan is not going to go pay $14.99 to watch it. Absolutely not. It's not a good model I, for fan acquisition. No. And I, even as a hardcore fan of the game, that's going to be the first one I cut out because why would I cut out when well, we're talking Premier League? Let's just bring that in, okay? Why would I cut out YouTube TV? Because that brings me a shit ton of other stuff. Paramount for Champions League or Europa League. Why would I cut that out? Hulu for me is free and occasionally you get games on there. So why would I cut those three out when the one standalone that costs $14.99 is the only thing that's, like, I can only watch one game at a time? That's a valid point. It's a valid point. So in a hypothetical world where the games are a bit more spread out and I could enjoy these other games, I would say the game I'm watching, at least in, in our window that I'm going to be interested in, is the LAFC Austin game. I feel like that's a nice little budding rivalry there. Um, I know Austin, uh, you know, has a little bit of struggles this year, but, you know, their team is too good to, to not get back on track. And, of course, LAFC, it's LAFC. So that's going to be a really interesting game in the, the 730 window. And then, you know, unfortunately, we have a home game, so I'm probably going to gonna be out, you know, doing the media duties post game, and then, of course, hanging out with everyone afterwards, a little, I don't know, post-end tailgating, whatever you want to call it, just hopefully enjoying a win. But... I think the biggest game of the week is going to be that uh, Seattle-St. Louis game. That That's going to be a pretty interesting one to watch. That's one and two in the West. Um, to be fair, Austin and LAFC, uh, LAFC being three, Austin being seven. So those two games, top ten matchups in the West, top ten. No, I'm sorry, I could say top nine, right? That's the playoff line. All those teams in the playoffs. So that's what I'm watching. Is there anything that's catching your eye, or is it one of those? Uh, I was going to watch the Seattle-St. Louis match. I definitely want to see how St. Louis responds by uh, having to go against arguably one of the best fan bases in the league. Uh, Lumen Field is going to be bumping for that game. Seattle is going to prove that while they're one of the old dogs, they're still the best dog out in the West. So that will be a good one to watch. I also want to take a look at as much as I won't be able to because, like we already talked about, Inter Miami's on at that time. Uh, the NYCFC Atlanta match should be a good one. Um, it's, yeah, I, I think Atlanta continues to move to, to roll on. Um, I don't know what NYCFC is doing right now. They just uh, I just saw today they loaned out Tiago Andrade. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure what's going on with them right now. I mean, they're doing better than we are, so I can't really question it. Um, but, yeah, those are probably the two matches I will be watching. Um, if I have a chance to watch something else, maybe do that whip around. Maybe I'll keep tabs on that Nashville-Toronto match because I do like Nashville style of play in Toronto, you know, Bernadeschi, and he scored at Olympiaco this weekend. Yep. Uh, Olympico. My bad. I'm tired. Um, 
But yeah, that's what I've got for this upcoming also, match. Also two teams above the playoff line in the East. So let's get to the Eastern Conference standings, right? Started from the top. Started number one. Just keep dropping down. We are now 10th. We are right below the playoff win. Uh, we would really need to get a win to get it back above that. Could maybe feasibly do it with a draw, but that math is kind of janky. So uh, Cincinnati, again, as I already mentioned at the top of the show, first week ever at the number one spot in the East. Congrats to Cincinnati. But they're trailing, or trailed by, rather, Atlanta, who uh, there was a lot of questions around, man, but they're looking pretty formidable. Then we got New England, Revs at three, Columbus, Nashville, NYCFC, our little brothers up north who happen to be currently sitting above us. Uh, Philadelphia, no one really expected that struggle, but uh, yeah, they're eighth. And then Toronto rounding out uh, the ninth in the West. It is number one held down by St. Louis still. Then Seattle, LAFC, Minnesota, St. Saint Ho- Saint Jose, San Jose, Dallas, Austin, Houston, and Vancouver. And shout out to, what is that right? Minnesota United handing out the first L to St. Louis. Nobody's invincible, but nice run, St. Louis. Very impressive. Yeah. I mean, and as much as we joke, I mean, I say it quite often on this podcast, playing Burnley ball sucks. Uh, look at what Toronto's doing. One win, one loss, four draws. <laughs> so they are just grinding their way to the top. Uh, you know. Yeah. So let me ask you. I'm going to throw a little curveball at you because I didn't put this out there for you beforehand. Looking at the East right now, who would you say is the most surprising this just you know six games played who who is most surprising in a good way and a bad way for you in the east right now uh i think we discussed this maybe just with our quick chatter before uh little shock new york red bulls are not doing too well and uh below the playoff line uh them in dc a little surprising uh, i really thought uh Benteke would would kind of fill that gap left by uh by taxi in terms of of goals and then uh surprised I mean, I got to give it up for Atlanta. I mean, I, I was one of the people that thought they were going to struggle this season as well. But, man, they have been playing very good footy and uh, in the number two spot right now. And you, what would you say? I would say, at least for my surprise, uh, you know, give it up to the Revs. You know, they looked like absolute crap last year for the most part. They, they did not look good. I didn't think that – um, they'd be sitting the third. Again, we're only talking six games in. But um, – and then – you hit the nail on the head, uh, as we discussed. The surprise for me is the fact that the Red Bull are sitting in 12th. They have only won one. They've lost two. They've drawn three. They're sitting at a negative one goal differential. And they have not won a game away yet. Uh, they've drawn two and lost two. So It's better than us losing yeah. all three. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. But no, you, you made a good that, point so. earlier, too, um, that – we haven't heard really anything about Lewis Morgan, which I, you know, everyone obviously still very sad. He's, he's not playing for us anymore, but everyone here also gets really excited when he does well. Cause we just all love Lewis Morgan so much, but yeah, I mean, really quiet, not, not really any highlights or, uh, or outstanding mentions or anything like that. Three matches, zero assist, zero goals. And last time out against Minnesota, uh, that can't be right. If that was it, maybe he got hurt then because it shows his last match was against Minnesota. He had 89 minutes played with six shots and no goals. Hmm. Well, so, 
Yeah, I mean that's what I would say would be my uh, my surprise. And I mean, we've talked about this in seasons past. Red Bull are so streaky that they could just all of a sudden pop off on an eight game win run, mm-hmm. and then they could easily have an eight game losing streak to follow it. So I don't know. That's uh, that's what I got for the MLS. What else you got, dude? Let's keep the good times rolling, man. Let's get into supporter shield standings and where Inter Miami is sitting. We're top five at one point. That was fun. That was a good little two-week stretch of my life. Now we're all the way down to 17th. So, uh, yeah, that's fun. Kind of sitting on that uh, bottom half of the supporter shield table, if you will. And then power rankings. Man, oh, man, oh, man. I guess I'll start from the top. If I, we can't cover good news, we'll have to give some other teams good news. LAFC sitting at number one. Uh, I don't really think there is uh, a change there. Uh, FC Cincinnati up one into two. Seattle three. St. Louis down two into four. And Atlanta United keeps climbing, and they're in the fifth spot right now. Just uh, took out, uh, I think it was New England Rev in that spot uh, last week. So that makes you wonder, where is Inter-Miami, right? I mean, how far has Inter-Miami dropped? Short answer is quite a bit. Quite a substantial amount out of 29 teams. We are sitting at 23rd. And man, oh man, if we can't get Leo Campana back, and I'm honestly quite shocked that Yosef hasn't made able to, to pop his cherry and um, get that monkey off his back and, and really start to start dropping some goals for us. It's coming, man. I would like to say, we were talking about the penalty, and we don't, you know, it kind of shows you how bad you are if you get that excited for a penalty, like I know I was, but. I was also happy. I was like, yes, this is a great way for Yosef to score his first one. And then we'll just start dropping him in. But no, that was revoked and no card issue. So everything trending to the downside. It is a bear market in the inner Miami world. But there's some good news from the youngins. What you got, buddy? Yeah, so uh, our youngins know how to win a game. Uh, <laughs> that's just an easy way to put it. They faced off against Philadelphia Union Dos, and uh, they won at the death from a gold by Farid Sarsar in the 90th plus four. Uh, they won 2-1. Uh, from, you know, I was kind of bummed up. I didn't know they were out there. I probably would have gone out myself to go see what, what was going on. Uh, the other goal scorer was Lucas Meeks. Uh, we had in the starting lineup, uh, Dos Santos was in goal, but right at right back, Sarsar, Hall, Sasak, who we, we think could be pretty decent. He ended up lining up at left back. Uh, Converse and Ruiz in the midfield with Meek, uh, Eddie Azcona playing Cam, Darian Reyes, and we got to check out with our main man, IMFC Traveler, about this gentleman because I've not heard this name before, but Digostini was up at striker. Digostini. So, yeah. So, uh, all in all, looked good. They came back and won. Uh, I mean, it looks like they know how to do their substitutions a little bit quicker than we do. So, yeah, uh, definitely good for the boys. Happy for them. Uh, uh, first win for Federico. So, congrats to them. And, uh, yeah. There we go. And uh, yeah. Farad Sarsar. Yep, yep, yep. What a Farid name. Sarsar. What a uh, name. Assisted by, uh, yeah, assisted by Italo Adamandi and Darian Reyes. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Happy for them. And hopefully we can take some joy in the fact that they know how to win. So I yeah. hope, I hope Sarsar turns into an awesome talent. Cause I would love to be able to chant Sarsar from afar, far. 
Just curling them in. I like in. that. You know, just curling them in. Or we could just chant sar 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 sar. Just keep doing that. Yeah, It's pretty hard to not to make a bad chant with that name. That is an epic name. I like that. I like that. Oh, buddy. I want to touch. Go ahead. I want to touch base on one thing before we close up shop here. All right. I have a complaint. What I do? I have a major complaint. It's not inner Miami complaint. I have a complaint. How? Are families supposed to afford tickets to these games for the teams that are coming over here to play from Europe? How are people supposed to be able to take their families out and create long-lasting memories and and foster the the uh, the, the the exciting fandom that we have between like, whether it's Chelsea, United, Newcastle, Arsenal, whoever? How are fans supposed to be able to do that? I just how bad are the ticket prices? So I just looked because I'm trying to get myself prepared for what I might have to pay for United coming down to either Inter Miami or DC or wherever. United is playing Borussia Dortmund in Vegas on Sunday, July 30th. Pre-sale tickets. I'm seeing seven hundred dollars. Jeez. With it probably an additional three hundred dollars in, in Ticketmaster fees, I would imagine. Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. Now, I will preface that with it is closer to midfield. Granted, $700. The MLS All-Star game against Arsenal was 500 So you mean to tell me it's going to be two grand for me to take my family on top of the fees, on top of gas, on top of hotel, on top of food and merchandise? We're talking 2500 2600 Yeah. You know. Is it worth as it? As a dad. Well, as a dad. Of four yourself, or well, in a family of four, and as a dad here in a family of four, I don't know how you can even justify that. I don't think you I know? could, buddy, because it's already hard enough to get them to come out and watch Inter Miami. You think they want to come see Chelsea struggle bus? Come on, man! Well, <laughs> I can't put yeah. them through that much pain. I'm I'm about to break over here. <laughs> I need a winning sports team. I got FSU is well, at least trending in the right direction in terms of football, but man, I'm in I'm in a life of pain i like louisville basketball trash fsu basketball trash Louisville football trash inner miami love you guys but you're hurting me chelsea Mm -hmm. trash and still gonna win the champions league though (laughs) but no you're not (laughs) it's 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 tough out here it is tough out here no i mean i'm in the same boat syracuse basketball trash penn state football good and then postseason comes and they win the rose bowl but they're still trash you know uh manchester united hasn't won a game in the premier league since february Okay, cool. Like, and then we get housed by Newcastle and get bagged by the tunes. Like, I don't understand. Like, what is going on? New Orleans Saints trash. And I don't even want to watch baseball because I'm sure they'll be in uh, Boston end up being trash too. So, I don't know. All I know is to, to close out my, my my little speech about ticket prices here. It is damn. It is damning that I could spend about the same money and fly over to England and go watch and play at Old Trafford. Why wouldn't I just do that? Because God knows I don't want to go see them play in the cesspool that is Las Vegas. Yeah, I'd actually recommend that. That'd be the better experience, I think. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But I don't know. I'm, I'm prepping myself. I'll pay. I'll pay 200 a ticket. I'll pay 250 I I've told myself I will. Um, not paying 
700 $800 to watch him play. It's just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Yep. Well, I'm glad we got through this and, uh, you know, still here. Still still loving the team. Still trying to bring the positive vibes. I hope they bring us some positivity. Give us a win. Hell, I'll take a draw. Just give me some joy in my life. Make me smile. I'm pretty sure you can hear when I smile when I talk. I want to get back to that week two feeling of joy of these episodes. Looking forward to getting on this this microphone with you and having some fun. Uh, you know, we, we weren't running last week. Okay? We had some scheduling difficulties between two dads with full-time jobs. We weren't running, but we had to come back and make sure we covered it. We spared everyone the uh, the coverage of the of the Chicago game in the the last minute letdown. So now, now hold on, hold on. You just didn't want to talk about Grandpa Kamara stealing your uh, stealing your soul one more time. Yeah, that's, mean, that's what it was. He's out. He's got some. He's he's out to get us, man. He's out to get us. But thank you, everyone, for listening to the Inner Mommy Podcast. Uh, if you don't already, check us out on social media at Inner Mommy Podcast on Instagram, and if you like to tweet on the Twitters at Inter M I A Podcast. Shout out to La Familia, the community, the fan base, everyone who loves this team. I promise you, once we get there. All of these, all of these memories, all this hardship, all this pain will all be worth it. Shout out. I got to say, man, shout out to the club, the team. Keep fighting. Keep pushing. Keep improving. Uh, something's got to give. Tide's got to turn. Just keep moving. Keep moving forward. And well, you know what? What? Oh, no. I got to get this in one more time. Just remember, folks, it is the hope that kills you. It's the hope that kills you. the pessimist. There we go. All right. As we end every single episode, vamos, Miami. Vamos, Miami.